2: Welcome to the Besotted Podcast. It's a Thursday night yet again and we decided to go out on the road and this time we're actually recording the podcast in the pub. Because we thought it's Christmas time, but not quite, and we're gonna have a few beers. I've got a few good friends in the house with me today. We're gonna talk about all things Brentford. I've got my man, the besotted man, Mr. Dave Lane.
3: Happy Christmas everyone.
4: Terrible,
2: and I've also got my man Mr. Trevor Innes, also known as Banana from the Griffin Bark Grapevine.
4: No, no. I'm very pleased to be here, very, very pleased.
2: <laughs> he sounded pretty sincere as well. <laughs> and I've got the man we know him as Merritt, some people call him Rich, never heard of him from Bias. How you doing, my man? Hi, oh, that's too bad. Oh, oh you a few points have been flowing and uh. If we start to make no sense whatsoever, then just ignore that. But listen, we're gonna talk about loads of things. We're gonna talk about FA Cup, Huddersfield, Flatburn, all sorts of nonsense. But first of all, we're gonna go back to last weekend to listen to what the fans thought about the game after we lost 2-1, unfortunately. To Chris Powell's Huddersfield.
5: Can't win them all uh, I thought most of the team Played well a Bit disappointed with Pritchard today Thought he could have got his, st- Stuck his foot in A few more times um, Grey Wonder why we took him off Been good to see him Play alongside Nick on oh, the whole, hey, you know, we're going to win some, we're going to lose some, and that was a game that we could have easily come out 2-2 on. Um, let's move on to next week. Pritchard moved around, he moved the ball okay, <laughs> but there were times in midfield when he was getting out-battled, and I just wonder whether sometimes, particularly up north, there are times when you've got to get your foot in, you've got to get stuck in, and today I was a bit disappointed to see him not do that. Was he playing entirely for the team, or was he playing entirely for himself? Might be a bit harsh, but hey, you know, that's football. I think the
2: draw probably been a, a fair result, to be honest Honest, I think you deserved a point out of that. They weren't bad money for the win,
0: to be honest. Huddersfield, I thought they were right, I thought they defended really well, I thought they broke our game up pretty well. And yeah, we weren't the best today, but we're still okay. It was still an okay game of football, so I'm not too fussed about it, to be honest. Yeah, your kind of expectation really was. was, Park it, hoof it, try and get a goal But um, no, they actually played some more at football at times I thought they, were, yeah, they weren't were actually a bad team at times Scannell was really good at finding space um, When he found space they got a the ball into him And he ran ran at
2: goal Not bad, not bad at all I don't have anything bad to say about Huddersfield don't have anything bad to say about Brentford today I thought it was a
5: fair result in the end We've won five out of six games Anyone offered me that before, I'd have taken it Weren't quite good enough today, but no criticism at all. Uh, just weren't good enough on the day. One of those things. We spoke to Huddersfield Sport right after, and he was saying Scan and the apparently had been doubling up on him, and he seemed to have all the space he wanted today. Don't think the midfield covered him. All the danger came from him in the first half. But one of those things. Yeah, in fairness, they keep making a couple of cracking saves at the end, especially from that judge free kick. But. It's all sort of very last minute and I don't think we got out of the traps today. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us now. We're a team to be shot at, quite high up. People are talking about us. So they've got to learn to live with that pressure. I mean, Andre great today wasn't in the game, but they're getting a the marked man now. But. We'll be fine, absolutely fine.
3: Going into the game, I'd taken a point, but coming out of the game, I'd have been disappointed if we'd got a point overall. Sean Scandal's very good. I was surprised you didn't have anyone on him in the first half. In the second half, you came back stronger than the first. Um, you,
5: um, I thought you were quite good up front as well, at times. Some positives from the last twenty minutes for sure. I thought I thought we were really lackluster, uh, particularly first half, and I thought we got. I wasn't. Surprised when we were 2 0 down, but I thought at the end we should have got a point. I think their goalkeepers made four or five fantastic saves over the course of the game. Uh, I don't know how we didn't equalise. And, and yeah, so there were, were positives. So I thought there was enough shown that I was really frustrated that we didn't get more. Well, to come away disappointed that we didn't win our sixth game in a row, I mean, we're, we're a bit in fantasy land, aren't we, really? I mean, we've got, we've got to be happy with where we are. I mean, I'd like to have won today, I'd like to win every game, but ultimately, yeah. To be a bit disappointed about losing at Huddersfield and only being 5th in the Championship. These are good days. These are good times.
1: So, yeah, I mean,
2: to be quite honest with you, I thought the fans there were pretty non-despondent. They thought, okay, Brentford have won five games in a row and we lost that one, but overall they were pretty happy. I mean, boys, I'm going to ask you, what do you think
3: about that result? Wow, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, sometimes you lose when you should have won. Sometimes you win when you should should have lost. And um, we probably should have got a draw out of that game. Um, you know, we we won five on the trot. You know, you got you've got to, you've got to, you know you've got to check your check your expectations. You know, who, who would have ever thought we would run five on the trot at this level? You know, it's happy days. If if we've lost one, we regroup. We go again
4: Saturday. I think we were we we're unlucky, um, but I'm really pleased with the way we're playing. You know, we didn't go down there and say, okay, we're going to park the bus or anything like that. We went out there to win that game, and if we carry on with that attitude, there's there's nothing stopping us. I mean, who would have thought we'd be third last week? And, and it's, it's, I, I think that with Fortress Griffin Park coming up, there's there's there's, there's no way that we are not going to go on another five-game winning streak in the championship this season.
6: Okay, we've lost. Um, You could say it was a pointless game. You you win, draw, lose, pointless. They weren't the better side. It wasn't like a defeat. Um, We had our chances, we could have won. And we could have got a draw. So I've been pointless. So rather than say we
2: lost, just say like we were pointless. We didn't get anything out of it. I mean, interesting you should say that. Brentford actually had 21 shots in that game, and 11 of them shots were on target. Mark Warburton even said after the game we didn't take our chances. Very similar to when we were going through that Wigan Bolton period about a month and a month and a bit ago. Now, if you sort of try to take his trader theory, you look at it. He's done six trades. We've won five. We've lost one. It's not all that bad, is it? You probably need to speak to the um, the banker
3: sitting next to me now. But um, <laughs> but I you know my my analogy with Warburton is that he sees a time to plunder, and it, and he'll go for it. You know, I, I said last week in the podcast that you know he'll see a stock that's ripe for the taking, and and, and he'll go for it. Some po- some sometimes you'll see a point, and you're you're happy with a point. He'll see a win, and he'll go for the win. So you know, he, he, he comes from it from a, a banking perspective. Speak to a banker about this.
4: As a, as a. Uh as a technologist that works in the bank I would say that what my colleagues are looking to do is win on two out of three trades. If you win on five out of six, you're doing fantastic and you know, what I really like about Warburton's game is, it sets up to win every game. We are not going to we are not going to these northern outposts to draw nil-nil. We are going to win and that's that's what it seems to be our whole philosophy is about and I love it. I love the football we're playing I love the attitude. I love the never say die. I love the two goals in 10 minutes against Fulham. Great stuff. That's that's what our club is about these days. It's brilliant.
2: Interesting. A couple of comments from a couple of fans that we spoke to as well. The man Scannell, who looked magnificent on that day, and he really did take the game to Brentford. But sort of what a couple of people are saying, you know, they're saying that Brentford didn't take out the scandal they're saying normally teams they double up on him, they triple up on him but scanner was given a free reign the, the the rumor was that Scanner wasn't meant to be playing. Now, was it a case that we weren't fully prepared for what Huddersfield were going to offer us this game?
3: Yeah, maybe they did the old, Scanner old Scandal wheel They've done the old, they've done the old, um, they've done the old double bluff, haven't they? They've they said he's, he's 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 Crocs and then they play him. Now, maybe we've fallen foul of some sort of, some sort of, um, some sort of um, shenanigans. shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> so um, you you live and learn, don't you? You know maybe we'll say someone's cropped this Saturday Judge he's not playing no he's not playing Richard he's gone back to Tottenham
1: yes
4: I I think that every individual in our squad is equal to every individual anywhere else Um, and I really think the actual the untold story of this match is how Holt played he was a niggly little uh, guy wasn't he He who just got in the afters the whole time and they they, they won their two personal battles there and that may have made the difference but on another day you know 24 hours later, we 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 would have probably won that match. I don't know, three out of five times. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not unhappy.
2: Andre Gray, lord, one of these games, my lord. He was ano- he was actually I say anonymous, but you know, as a Huddersfield fan, said he didn't lead the line that well, and he wasn't really a threat. But interestingly, a man which I don't want to mention his name, but I have to this time, Big Nick. He actually was a bit of a threat. The Huddersfield fans said when he came on, they were actually quite scared and it looked like we were actually going to win the game or get something out of that game. Doubt it. But,
3: um, yeah, he, he, he did he did look um, more effective. You know, um, Douglas could have equalised. It was cleared off the line. Um, it was from Big Nick's header, you know. What yeah. about
2: Big Nick? He got his legs whipped from it. It was 100% a penalty. Yeah. And he got the penalty. It wasn't given. No, f- fair enough. It was
3: a penalty. You know, credit always. Credit where credit's due. I'm never, ever going to try and make out that I know best. But, you know, you know when someone's not right he ain't right long term but he, he's capable of having a good game and you know he, he, he should have had a penalty he He almost had an assist in an equaliser fair play to him
4: I think I, I, I think it's another um, example of where Warburton gets it right with his substitutes which have been brilliant this year you know he's, he's recognised that this is a game for Big Nick and he's brought Big Nick on and perhaps in his northern outpost in Yorkshire he's right for the game in the last 20 or 30 minutes so again I would say um, he may not be right for us long term, but it's, it's, it's credit to Warburton that he's made the right substitution yet again.
3: I, I, I mean, seriously, I have to say, you know, to Warburton's credit, he is loyal. <laughs> he will stick to players who he believes in, and whether we as fans think that is the right thing long term, he will he, he will get, he will back his players one hundred and ten percent. You know, you say that with with Gray. Um, You know, he stuck with him. It was calls for him to be dropped, you know. It was the wrong thing. I knew it was the wrong thing. But, you know, Warburton will back his players, and you can't argue with that.
2: Not at all. I mean, looking at the news for the week, I mean, it's quite great. Again, we had another player who had a very good game up at Huddersfield. It's Mr. Tomani Diagorova. And uh, this week, he signed a new contract. And all Brentford fans are delighted about that because he's now started to be... Mr Brentford we think don't you think yeah definitely um, and it's good
6: that he's actually signed the contract so early that he wants to sort of commit himself to the football club you know hopefully a lot of the other players will sort of follow suit and sign up and be part of the
2: squad it means that they believe in us and um, it's got to be a positive thing but the positive thing about him is that he could have gone to, went to Portsmouth he played very well there he could have gone to Coventry he could have been a key player in somebody else's side which we thought he should have done because he looked like he was being on the shelf but we, he stuck with it and he said I want to play for Brentford and surely that's the type of player that we want to play for us isn't it
4: uh, yes and I'd like to know what drugs he's been taking <laughs> uh, to be frank because you know I think we would all agree a couple of seasons ago he was a league one player no one was surprised when he was loaned out to Portsmouth, but what the hell has happened to him? He's just turned into a marauding midfielder of championship quality, and I, I, I just can't get my head around it, to be frank. And all credit to him, he's been the revelation of the season.
3: I, I, I seriously think he's another one that's is, is vibing off of this Warburton confidence tip. You know, he, Warburton believes in his players. You, put, you know, you can see how he works. You know, we, we went down there to Hand over the 125 years book to Warburton, and we saw him on the training pitch. And you know, they love the guy. He's a genuine, decent bloke who communicates brilliantly with his staff, and his staff are Brentford players. So he's probably sat down with Dave and said, "You know, if you really prove it, I'm happy to. I'll I'll sign you all day long." And it's that basic level of communication that's working. Well, you know, I call him that. I call him Tumani. Toons um, I've got to agree with what David just said It's The man
6: management um, That Wilburton's got It's just shone through You know He's developed a player Maybe off-site giving him, And he's officer responded he's, he's done what he's been asked to do He's come back better, stronger
2: And made the shirt his own um, yeah, it's a fair play. It's got to be excellent management. Okay, I mean, talking about players, I mean, again, Rawl Burton has said, we, look, we need to sign players in January. He's looking to sign some players in January. He hasn't said exactly who, but the one thing that we can guess is you're going to get another striker to take the load off Mr Andre Gray. And another person who's been flying around is this Watford defender, Tommy Haban. We tried to get him earlier, we couldn't get him, but they said, look, we're going to try and go back for him in January, possibly. I mean, I mean, what are you thinking about January and what exactly we need to do? Because we're in a marvellous position, better than wherever we think we should be. I mean, what's the vibes there?
4: Um, I I, I really don't know on this one. I don't don't have too much opinion. We obviously need another striker, but strikers cost money. And although, you know, Matthew's loaded, I can't see him spending millions. Uh, All I do know is that Frank McFarlane has probably got his British Airways gold card out and he's flying around North America and South America looking for players. I really hope that that bears fruit. Uh, and, um, you know, Nick, Big Nick was obviously a panic buy um, when, at, at, at the last lock-ins during the summer. We, we, we must now have targets identified that we want to bring in and we know we can bring in. We can know that adds something fresh to the front line. Uh, Andre's done brilliantly, but I don't think that we can rely on him, although he's had a great November, uh, I'm not sure that we can rely on him in order to bring home the goods all the way through to May. It's a
3: really difficult one to be honest with you. You know, January is um, a sign of intent. Um, we are right up there with the movers and shakers in this division. Um, premiership, it's been mooted. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, now is now is like it's now or never. To be fair, you know whether we go out and bring in a, this marquee signing, I don't know. Uh, one thing we've got to
6: be careful of is our players are really shining. Uh, and they're in the shop window, so teams could come in, uh, you know, want to buy our players. But we don't have to sell. We're not selling club now, which has got to be positive. And everyone who's left us possibly hasn't done that well. They've left us for better things, and they've possibly gone backwards. You know, maybe in the future should stay with Brentford.
4: All I know is, is that, actually thinking about it, we're in the player positions. Do we want to strengthen or do we want to stay where we are? Knowing Matthew, he will want to strengthen. He will want to, he, will, he will want to crack on and push on. And There's only one way this club is going. And if we get the right striker and then maybe one other player, we're always too short sure of a great team. We are going places.
3: Should we stay or should we go now?
4: <laughs> uh, we'll answer that later.
2: So, listen... Huddersfield, there was about 3,042 scouts apparently up there watching that game after a five-game win. And if you believe the press, most of them are up there for Pritchard. I don't believe 100% they with Pritchard because they are probably looking at Judge, they will be looking at Gray, they will be looking at all sorts of players up there, but I think, you know, maybe Pritchard's manager, Andre, was out there working it hard, working it hard Andre, fair play to you, mate, but he's all over the press now saying that everyone wants to buy Pritchard we've got West Brom, we've got Burnley we've got all sorts of stuff it's an, and, 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 and 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 Wolverhampton Wanderers as well, but the question is that we're now in that position, you get in that position now and you're going to get the vultures out there aren't you and how do we deal with that I mean how do we deal with it we've always been up for the vultures
3: the vultures have always been hovering around Brentford you know but now seriously now they're not going to get an easy peckins. It's not like roadkill. Before, they could have picked anything up from us and we would have sold it to them. Like, now, you you you, you have to pay what you get, for sure. He went for a lot of money. You know, I'm, I'm sure he'd love to come back to Brentford now and be part of this. But they paid what he was worth and we pay what other, other teams are worth.
4: All I say is, the is who wants to leave a club that's sitting in the playoff positions in a championship they must be nuts um, what we can't stop is our lone players being sold by their by their host clubs and uh, that that is a worry uh, and we need to mitigate for that in our in our in our environment right? but
2: to be fair we've got a lot less lone players this season as we've done last season and I think that maybe what the club has done they use the lone players to get out of the division because we we couldn't buy them, but this season, we've bought a load of players, haven't we?
4: Yes, we have, but we still have critical loan players, Pritchard being one, who we have taught themselves, oh, you know, we have to replace them somehow. We have to replace them.
3: We, we, we got chastised in, in the media last year for, for relying on the loan system. Who chastised us, exactly? No interest. But, <laughs> but, but we, we proved that we use the loan system to our advantage. We use loanees, but with a long-term strategy. Um, I thought I heard that when we sign a player on loan, it's
6: with a view of a long-term future at Football Club. So if Pritchard's going to go anywhere, if Tottenham are going to sell him, the chances are Tottenham will sell him to us. You know, he's in our shop window, he knows he's where he, possibly where he wants to be. If he didn't want to play for Brentford, he wouldn't be playing for Brentford. So if he's going to be sold, maybe we'll be the
2: buying club, you know, and maybe we shouldn't worry. I'm going to just give you a couple of facts as well about Brentford over this season. We've done remarkably well. We've got loads and loads of possession. I just want to know, Brentford has scored 31 goals. Right, we've seen all these wonders. How many goals of those have been scored from out of the area? Do you know that? Just going around there. Five. 31. I'll say about 20. (laughs) And how many goals have been scored from headers?
4: 85. 473.
2: (laughs) They're not taking this seriously, are they? We've actually scored only one goal from out the area and we've scored two headers which which, is, which shows that we actually like to walk the ball in the back of the net. No, but it, no,
3: that,
2: that shows to me that you just make the facts up, Bill. I don't want to make it up. How can, I, how can I make that
3: up? It's just, it's just numbers. It's, just, I mean it's numbers because it's
4: true. That's a great statistic. It's a great... If, if, we're, if we're walking the ball into the net, I'm all for
2: that. I'm all for it. <laughs> so, no, no, you know, at the end of the day, like we saw we went to Watford and back Back of the banette, you know, we we got these leads, wonderful goals scored against us. And maybe is this a problem where we're not, you know, just taking risks from outside the area, or do we need to walk at the back of the net?
4: Was Billy, was was Jota's goal against Fulham inside the area or outside the area? This is the
2: question we're trying to work out. Which was, which one of the goals was from outside the area?
3: Well, I mean, I want to give it to Jota, but I'm quite happily give it as an own goal because <laughs> whatever hurts Fulham more. Because <laughs> you know, if it hurts, then it was an
4: own goal. Oh no own goal, the last yeah. minute, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Listen, let's, let's boys. Let's talk about this. This week, um, for the first time in very many years, like 21, 22 years, we got through to the third round of the FA Cup with no sweats, didn't we? We, we did. Not even conceded a goal. No. And we're in with the in the,
3: the minnows are in with us, the big boys, and um, we've got we've got Brighton and Hove Albion at home. We're hosting we're hosting Brighton, and um, and Sammy Huijber is sweating at the moment, isn't he? He's sweating like a like a scam Scandinavian
2: sweaty thing. <laughs> I'm glad you said that and nothing else. So we're playing Brighton at home in the FA Cup. Well we were just talking about this before we came on air after a few pints and everyone's feeling a bit warm about the FA Cup because we feel that this could be our season to actually kind of do something. Don't you think so? I
4: I, I think that's right, Billy, and I think I remember last time we got into this division. Uh, and we were very excited to reach the third round of the FA Cup and I can't remember the exact circumstances but we reached the third round of the FA Cup and that, and that, and that was it. I think this time um, dare I say it, around the Fulhamisation of our club, but when Fulham were in, a, in the same position uh, in the Championship, they were what took it to the FA Cup and drew Southampton away and, and wanted to win those games to prove how good they were against Premiership clubs. We must take the same opportunity. I remember when we when we um, when we lost 5-0 in the League Cup game recently against Notts County. I sent an email to our our chairman and our owner—a uh, very emotional email—and um, to his credit, Matthew replied back to me saying he understands it's full of our emotions, but playing 40, 100 games a season isn't isn't what he wants to do. But the FA Cup is sacrosanct; we have to we have to compete. Saying are oh, we going to put out a team to win isn't good enough to me. We put out our strongest team ever to to against our Brighton. We have to we have to play that game and we have to win that game with our strongest team
6: yeah we could get promoted this year to the premiership oh um,
4: steady on steady
2: lasers no but it,
6: I can remember getting promoted from the fourth division and we played Swindon in the cup and we used that as a test of where we wanted to be the next year what the level was going to be how far off the mark we were so if we are serious about being a top club um, we should take the cup seriously you know, we should play the big teams and let's see how good we are, how you know,
3: how we fare and what we need. I just want to play Newport, Isle of Wight in the um, Europa League next year.
2: Really? <laughs> And just for everyone out there, basically every year we used to sit in the new inn and kept our fingers crossed that we'd actually play Newport-Isle of Wight because that's going to be the closest that we'd actually ever get to actually playing abroad. <laughs> and it never come up. We, we got it. It was very close one year. I think they came just before us in the draw, but it never quite happened. or Lincoln. But anyway, talking about back in the day and the FA Cup and taking it seriously and linking to the weekend as well because back in the day, that Blackburn game in the FA Cup... And a lot of us slightly more mature people, shall I say, remember that game because it was absolutely fantastic. And the reason why it was fantastic is because back in those days, we didn't really have that much to actually cheer about. So we had the the Leyland Bath back in 1985 and then all of a sudden this cup run turned up and this was just one of the few things that actually happened to Brentford and we got to the fifth round of the FA Cup and we went all up into Blackburn in our droves, not expecting to win, I think they were in the second division at the time, I can't even remember and it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it boys?
3: Gary, 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 Blissett, Gary, Blissett, Gary, Blissett, Gary, 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 <laughs> well, that you know, I think to most Brentford fans that could be the biggest away day ever. I mean there were thousands of Brentford there that day and we went to we went to Ewood Park and we bossed it. Um, It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't a a most amazing Brentford team. It was a great Brentford team. You know, Terry Evans and Bates and Blissett and Cadet, and you know they got through to the quarterfinal of the FA Cup ultimately, and they will always be there in history against Liverpool as well. Against Liverpool in the quarterfinals and um, in the semi-finals, Nottingham Forest, and it was Hillsborough. It was a bad, bad thing. But Brentford beat massive favourites
4: one of the best days of my life one of the best experiences of my life was being at Blackburn going to Anfield and uh, we hit the post, and we if we hit the post, we, we would have won 1-0. Everyone knows that, apart from the sheer movement that, that Liverpool had in that game compared to us. It was amazing. Um, and we're playing Blackburn this weekend as well. But it's not only about that That cup run that got us to the sixth round of the FA Cup. I, I think it was the furthest we got to, we got there twice against, uh, against Hull. But it, under marginality, we had two fifth-round uh, runs in the cup brilliant this is what this is what brings supporters to the club is that is those long cup runs and i hope we're going to have another one this year
2: i mean we've had a couple of scenarios obviously we've been very very much focusing on the league recently so especially in the league cup we've played at inverted commas weakened side in the cup it hasn't gone to our favor particularly has it this season now okay we're doing pretty well in the league but you know, the argument is that the FA Cup is sacrosanct. We need to really do something in the FA Cup. So, you know, what's going to happen here? We're playing Brighton. Do we rest a couple of players? What do we do, Merritt? Um, only rest players
6: if they're injured or if they're fatigued. But we've got to put out a strong side. You know, we're already in the third round. We're closer to the final. We have been for ages. And maybe we're going to need to get to the semi-final to qualify for Europe. Um, you yeah, know, we've joked about it, but we're not Little Brentford anymore. You know, we're a club on the up and it's achievable we should go out there and do the best that we can.
4: There is no way on he- earth that we should rest the players. We've got seven days before. We've got seven days afterwards. It's the FA Cup for God's sake. Let's get on with it.
3: You know, Warburton said to me a few weeks back. He said, like, you know, one of the great things about this season, although we've got international breaks, we're going Saturday to
2: Saturday, so we we have time to recover." Well, which is uh, which is. Which is a good thing. We've got time to recover. And uh, we're playing Brighton in the FA Cup. Personally, I think we'll be Brighton in the FA Cup. Sammy Ippier. I'm hoping that Sammy Ippier won't be there. Sorry, will be there. Will be there when he plays us. But most of my Brighton friends think he won't be there, which may be the problem.
4: And, of course, um, Matthew Benham has a no, I won't call it a vendetta but he has a rivalry with the owner of Brighton who's Tony Bloom who's uh, you know, in the same industry as Matthew and uh, it's going to be very very interesting I think I think Matthew will probably insist to Mark Warburton that we pull out the best team we got
2: I'm sure he did and talking about Brighton I mean I'm flipping the, flipping the script here we're talking about all sorts of stuff here but Brighton ticket tickets have come on sale and the Brighton tickets have come on sale which is 30 quid which is exactly on the, probably upper echelons of what we would really like to play for football. Um, we charge them 30 quid? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think we charge them 30 quid, so it hasn't gone like a reciprocal deal here, but they're charging us 30 quid at Brighton. But what's more to the point is that this is an alert that's come through our Wigan friends who are now very friendly with us where they've been charged £36 for a Leeds ticket, right? Which means that we'll... That's about two months' wages, isn't it? Yeah, which means that we'll probably be charged... 36 pounds, and it's £41 pounds on the day to go to Leeds. Now, I know 20 is plenty, all these campaigns are happening, you know, but it's just, it's just it's out of order though, isn't it? I'll pay 80 quid not to go to Leeds, to be honest with you.
4: I think, I think um, the league let clubs get too cute with their pricing. You know, if you're a member you can have £20 off the £50 ticket it, it has to stop, it has to be you know, or, or Swindon where oh you have you have your own special stands so you've got to charge your own special away prices. We should come down hard on that, everybody should pay the same price and if if, 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 if it's £36 to go to Brighton and everybody in Brighton is paying the same price I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with when people including ourselves and we don't do it by the way it's police away fans.
2: and the thing is that you know to police away fans, we went to um huddersfield last week it was 10 pound to get in right quality 10 pound to get in we went to wigan and it was 15 pound to get in like you know
4: well that's 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 proper Northern value for money um it's probably they're probably charging pints of beer so in pints of beer that's probably a hundred pints of beer
3: you know, maybe maybe I'm flippant about you know the, the cost of football, but you know seriously it, it has to be relevant.
1: It, it, it has to
3: be affordable. If someone's travelling 250 miles to see a game of football,
2: it, it needs to be less than 40 quid to get in. Seriously, you know. But it's not only that, and this is the, this is a real point, and I'm, I I want to write an article about this, which I might do if I get the time over the next week. But this is the problem. It's Christmas time now, and for us to go to Leeds, for us to get cheap train tickets yes. with the we got to book two or three months in advance. We book two or three months in advance to get those tickets, but they're hooking us in at 36 and 40 quid now, which is out of order. So what will happen is that people will decide not to go. So all of a sudden you don't get the travelling support that you want to, Then people start taking the piss out of you, saying that you're actually not taking the people that you want, and, it,
4: and it's a vicious circle. It is a vicious circle. This is this the whole thing about TV, right? What what day are we playing on? When, when do we know we're playing on 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 that day? And the other thing about TV money is this, what is the ratio between what clubs get with TV money and what comes through the gate how are Chelsea charging so much to come and watch the game when actually a huge percentage of their revenues comes through TV monies so we, 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 we need to look at how much we charge supporters to actually turn up on the day and especially with the new TV deal where I think there's a, you correct me wrong, but there's something going on whereby they say there's too few Premiership games on TV, uh, which is artificially driving up the price. Anyway. But
3: I I think that last Saturday was Tottenham Hotspur's second second Saturday three o'clock kickoff of a year, a 12 month year. And that shows you the way that football can get twisted. Well, you know, yeah, Derby's the same. You know they are they are the Tottenham of the Championship. So you know this is this is the this is the real world is now that if you're a successful club in your league, you are going to get picked to play in, in football uh, in on, on televised games, and you have to be aware that your your games aren't
2: going to be on Saturday at three o'clock. Listen, let's just flip the script here a little bit. We're just going to talk a little bit just a bit about the War- Warburton interview uh, by um, uh, Tom. In London 24, which was quite interesting, Laney and I know you read it on on the way in today. He talked about a lot of things at Warburton, including smashing up a fence when uh, uh, in, in Tottenham days, because he's an old Tottenham fan as well, didn't he? But I mean, just tell us about the old Warburton interview in the paper there. You know, to, to be honest with you, everything you read about the guy is measured,
3: and it's it's brilliant. It's, it's, it, he is a brilliant football story. Um, I, I can't, you know, I've met him, I've met him on several occasions. Um, you know, I, I've sent him books that I've published, and he's always had the honour and the decency to come back and been very polite. Um, you know, he is nothing but a good guy. He's he's a brilliant football story and he, he what we're seeing now he, he, I, I reckon he could be a future England manager oh yeah and that's not that's not bullshit I reckon he could be an England manager.
2: It's interesting because he talked about a couple of the games and the games that were really upmost in his mind as the best games that he won. He he talked about Nottingham Forest as being one of the games that he really treasured and that we won as well. Uh, Preston, not the Preston when we beat them 1-0, but the Preston when we beat them 3-0 was a treasured game for him as well. And I just thought that was really interesting. I
3: I really love, I mean, I'm probably, we'll never hear this story. I would love to know his take on being the assistant to Rosler and how he would have done it, whether we would have gone up against Yeovil playing it his way, I, I, I would love to know that. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty irrelevant because we're, we're where we are now, and I love him how he is. But I would love to know that backstory.
4: I, I, I think what I like about Mark is that he's just, a, he's just a manager. You know, he's not a showish medals guy or anything like that. And um, he's got he's got a philosophy which dovetails. Into into what Matthew Bennett wants to do, uh, which is attack, attack, attack. You know, you can't just sit back. Um, but one one of the questions I I really have for about Warburton is why did he take three players to the HSBC training floor in order to show him how the other half lives? And that was that was quite an interesting question for me. <laughs>
6: Um, I've got to agree with David. Actually, I think we'll Will manage England one day. I said it to, last week uh, to another audience. I you will know, rate him that much as
2: a manager. He's a quality bloke, quality manager, and the thing he's got great people skills. And like I said, this interview in London 24, which uh, uh, Tom Moore did, which is great. You just 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 Google it and just watch it because it's really interesting and it's very long. He talks about a lot of things about last season. But fair play to Tom, fair play to Mark, fair play to Brentford, and everything like that. But listen, we've we talked a lot about a lot of things this week, but we're now going to start talking about Blackburn. But before we discuss what we think about Blackburn, we're going to talk to Mr. Mikey DeLap. The DeLap from Blackburn, the fanzine up there. Mr. Mikey DeLap, we're going to hear what he's going to say. We have a little chinwag with him, and then we'll come back. Mikey DeLap from the wild Blackburn Rover. And they've had a pretty decent season so far, haven't you Mikey? You're pretty pleased with the way things have gone so far, haven't you?
5: Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the overall sort of resounding feeling. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go overboard, I think there's perhaps scope for us to perhaps be a bit better, but at this stage I think if, if you'd have said in and around the playoff places with nearly half or round about halfway, I think most people would have taken it, yeah probably.
2: Yeah, I mean listen, you know, you, you you've beaten what Bournemouth, I mean, yeah. who else you beaten? The Forest as well. You have beaten as well. You know, you've you've, you've had yeah. a few
5: decent results this season as well. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's sort of like a hard. I wouldn't go overboard and say like we've been really good or gone above expectations. We've done about as well as I thought we'd do. You know, we've we've won a few. We've cobbled a few draws together, and you know, there's been a few poor performances in amongst as well. But I mean, o- overall, again, we're sitting in seventh which is, is, is decent going. There's no doubt about it. That's about in line with expectations at this stage. And, you know, there's been a few good performances. That Forest one that you've mentioned, I think, sort of certainly the standout one, I thought we were very good. Certainly in the second half, we were excellent. Best I've seen us play in, in a fair few seasons, I would say.
2: And, I mean, we both surprisingly last weekend, as people say, we lost <laughs> last weekend. I mean, we lost to Huddersfield. You yeah. know, they, 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 you know... They've had a bad run of form, but, you know, Chris Mm. Powell's picked them up, and we lost against them, but also you lost to a last-minute goal against Wednesday, didn't you?
5: (laughs) Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we're probably not going to get too much sympathy for that one, because the week before, we managed to steal something at Middlesbrough with about 10 seconds left, so, um, yeah, I think uh, sympathy levels might be low for us, but, yeah, it does does hurt when that happens, and, unfortunately, uh, I'm actually, believe it or not, I actually live in Sheffield at the moment, so... um, might have been uh, sort of ten times worse for me to take as well.
2: Yeah, you lost against Leeds as well as, to a last minute. You know, you pulled one back from Leeds for a last minute goal as well, didn't you? Is
5: yeah, right? well, it was, well, it was near, it was near the end. Late. Yeah, we, we were actually down to down to ten men, and uh, Rhodes took away a, a penalty with about five minutes left. So, uh, yeah, again, it, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? It's a tight league. There's not much between teams, so these little moments sometimes just make it make all the difference.
2: We're going to talk about there's a couple of ex Bees players in our ranks, ex Bees players, you know, or ex Blackburn players, sorry, in our ranks. Yeah. yeah. And I've got to ask you about them. I mean, the man Alan Judge, I mean, why did you let him go? We've got no idea. Why did you let him go?
5: Well, I I, I kind of like him. I think he's he's you know he's quite a diminutive little chap to look at him. To be fair, he doesn't really look up to much just from a you know how he looks as a person and a and, a, and as an individual. But he, he's a talented player. I liked him. I, I think where he suffered with us is that he plays in a position as a forward slash winger. Where we're already fairly well stocked. He was actually bought in, I think, to have a, a good run in the side, but as, as players that we considered better became available, like the likes of Tom Kearney, he sort of got pushed to the fringes. And, I mean, fair play to, to Judgy as well. He's, um, you know, he's not the type of player I don't think who'd just sit there going, oh, well, I'll just bide my time and pick up my money and see how it goes. It's quite obvious that he wanted to play. He made a big fuss about wanting to play. And, you guys gave him that chance and we didn't. And fair play to him. He seems to have made the most of it.
2: I mean, he has. I mean, and Mark Warburton, our manager, has said that he reckons that Judge is the best player that Brentford have mm. ever bought. You know, for, probably for the money that we paid for him and what he gives mm. to the team, he thinks is the best player we've ever bought. And uh, yeah. Brentford fans are happy with him as well. I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic. He moved from the wing and he's come mm. in a little bit now. So he's a little bit more central to the play. So, uh, yeah. And he, he's been brilliant.
5: Yeah, fair, fair point, and I, I don't begrudge it. Him. He actually, believe it or not, he had two spells of us. He was from our uh, youth team ranks as well, so we've seen him a couple of times, and it never really panned out for him at, at, at Ewood. He would Park. And, you know, it's, it, that's just the way that it happens sometimes. It, sometimes you thrive in, 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 in different teams and in different situations and under different managers, and that's obviously what's happened. So that's, don't, begr, that's right. don't begrudge it. Don't begrudge it at all.
2: That's right. And also, Jonathan Douglas, do you remember him play for you at all?
5: <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. he's, he's another one. He, he seemed to start quite well, he, came, he when he played for us he was quite young. It was sort of during the um uh, you know, the sort of Graham Sooners uh time at, at Rovers, which it was a long time ago. He was a very young lad then and he he, he again he, he seemed to have a bit of talent and uh he you know, he seemed to work he seemed to get through a lot of work in midfield, but again it was with us being in the Premier League at the time and him just sort of starting out, the the two the styles didn't really align for him at Rovers and he, he's moved and shuffled around and I can't say I've seen him much for, for Brentford other than the odd highlight, but looks like another one who's sort of thrived for you as well. He's, um,
1: been,
2: br- he's been brilliant this season, but I'm going to have to come to the number one man, not, not over <laughs> the other three, but just because he, 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 he epitomises the season when we went up from Division 2, Mr Jordan Rhodes. <laughs>
5: yeah. Cool. I mean, I've, I, yeah. he's he's, brilliant. Uh, he was brilliant yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not been too shabby for us as well, to be fair, overall. Uh, can't, can't really say we complained. I think when we first bought him for 8 million for a player who'd never played any higher than League One, it seemed a bit sort of risky, really, I think most people would have said. But, um, you know, his, his goals-to-game ratio is uh, second to none. In fact, in the Championship uh, over the last few seasons, I hasn't been a better goal-scorer over that sort of, two, three season stretch so yeah I've I've honestly nothing but good things to say about his time at Rovers that's for sure he's a nice lad as well he's uh, you know he's he's very modest and down to earth he's a good ambassador for us to have at our club as well
2: and the thing is that you know you've got to talk about like football fans when we go to games week in and week out we knew players we saw Mm. Jordan Rhodes we've been going for 20, 30 years and when Jordan Rhodes played for us we said he's too good for us we are in the second division we we (laughs) plucked him out of the academy at Ipswich and like mm. he was getting no game time, we plucked him out of there, and then all of a sudden, it's like in the second game, boom, hat trick. He was scoring goals or was laying off goals. He was brilliant, and we thought he was brilliant. And we talked about this mm. whole thing. We mentioned earlier, Roy Keane. You know, we thought he's no chance. He's going to play for us. We went back to Ipswich. Roy Keane said, "I'll have a look at him." We looked at him. We said, "No way, he's rubbish." And he flogged him to Huddersfield. We were like crying because we wouldn't have, would have, would have wanted him, but obviously we didn't have the deep pockets that Huddersfield had. They paid mm. about a million pounds for him, I think it was. And we thought, bloody hell, that's a lot of money. But in retrospect, again, they, mm. they, 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 they took the risk and they, they paid for him, didn't they?
5: Yeah, sure. I mean, he, let's face it, they made a pretty penny off him and deservedly so. They turned him into the sort of striker that he is now. Um, from there, I mean, he, he doesn't, to be fair from our experience, he doesn't have uh, the sort of complete all-round game that perhaps you'd expect maybe in the likes of the Premier League. Um, but he, he lives and dies by his goals. He, he's had a bit of a struggle this season, if he can call seven goals uh, at this stage, a, a struggle. Uh, but it just shows what a high standard he's set for himself. And he, he lives and dies by the amount of goals that he scores for us. And you know, over 100 and odd games that he's played for us now, it, no one's going to argue with him. He's, you know, he's been a great buy, that's for sure.
2: I mean, We're going to talk about the FA Cup because obviously the FA Cup draws this week. We've got mm. our team, we've got Brighton in the Cup, you've got your boys <laughs> in the Cup, but we're going to get back to 1989. I don't know if you remember when Blackburn played Brentford and we beat you 2-0 in the FA Cup that time. Do you remember it at all? Uh, well,
5: I'll give you a bit of a clue. I was five at
2: that time. Okay, so you remember it heartily. As much as we
5: do, like. <laughs> <You>
2: <laughs> I, tend to,
5: I, tend, I, I suppose I've got to uh, to give you a bit of a picture. I think I probably sort of picked up on Rovers around about 91. Um, there, from there that's about the time I sort of I actively started paying much attention to him and supporting them, if you will. Uh, but you know, you, you look back through the, the years before you to see the sort of team that you were before. So you know, I know it as an event and as a You know, it was something that happened, and I do recall the score and and, and the sort of circumstances around it, but I'd be lying if I said I was paying much attention at the time at five years of age. I mean, I
2: have to mention it again, because it was Mm. like a time when Brentford were absolutely rubbish, so (laughs) we didn't really have that much going for us. So, like I said, the the Leyland Daff in 1985 was a major event, and then this mm. was probably the next major event for us because we had nothing else going on. We, we were always a, a near-miss team or just nothing else going on. So a lot mm. of the older fans will remember that, as I do. Not saying I'm <laughs> old or anything like that, which is cool. No, no. But listen, I'm going to come back to talk about rivalry. Mm. Burnley shirt. What's this all about? You're voting for this Burnley shirt, aren't you? <laughs>
5: yeah, I think it's... Um I think it's what the, the kids would call uh, trolling nowadays. It's uh, perhaps a, a little bit childish, but then um, to be fair, football fans are not probably the most mature of people. I'll include myself in that. Um, it's, yeah, basically Burnley has bought out there or are planning to bring out an away strip next year and they've sort of taken it to their fans to pick one of three options to to pick up a shirt and, uh, and you know, and vote it as their preferred away kit. Um, I think a few Rovers fans have sort of clocked that um, the, the option two, which you can all vote for if you're listening, uh, is, um, is 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 a bit bears a bit of a resemblance to the Preston kit, which is another sort of team that's sort of a rival in the area, and they've, they've really sort of voiced their disdain at this particular option, which we've picked up on, and we've all travelled over to the Burnley official site for uh, for sort of ten seconds just to vote option two in as well, which I, I'd like to think is doing quite well now. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. The, the <laughs> you, you can never display your uh, dislike for a team as much by as voting their least the third kitchen. I would have said.
2: No, I hear that, man. So coming to the game on Saturday, what can yeah. we expect, and, and who do, should we be looking out for?
5: Well, I'd like you to not mark our sort of better players if I had a preference, but um, I'd uh, yeah, I mean our, our sort of. Big three this season, certainly from an attacking sense, has been Rudy Gustav, Jordan Rhodes and Ben Marshall. Um, special mention for Ben Marshall actually. He's had a bit of a hit and miss time up until the start of the season and this season he's been excellent. In fact, there's been many better players than him this season in the championship. I've been very surprised. Okay, so we're gonna you know, so we take them guys out of the game
2: and we're gonna beat you guys. Is that what you're gonna say?
5: I'd, I'd say he'd marginalised most of our weapons, yeah. Tom, Tom Kearney, our, our other sort of midfielder flash winger, who's a forward, is, uh, is, is is a handy player, and he, he's not to be taken lightly at all. But they're, they're certainly those three that I mentioned to you first have been the guys who chipped him with the ball for the goals and, and looked the most threatening as well. Um, you know, So, yeah, I would say they're sort of our big three, if you will. Know.
2: So, Mr Marquis Delap, I'm going to ask you to give us a score prediction for the game on Saturday.
5: <laughs> I always make myself look really stupid when anyone asks me this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick to what I said or what thought all week. Really, I think that you're quite strong at home, and I'm quite biased and always want us to do quite well. So I'm going to I'm going to stick in the middle and I'm going to say it's going to be one all. Um, quite fancy Gusteau to score for us as well because he's always good in the air. Um, and yeah, difficult to look past sort of Andre Gray for and you guys. He's obviously in some good form as well. So I'll, I'll punt for that
2: okay cool and we're going to join you for a pint of pride before the match beforehand
5: and maybe yes. shake hands
2: afterwards if uh, one of us lose or win or draw or whatever is that the score <laughs> I,
5: think, I think that sounds fair enough you might have to point me in the direction of the right pub uh, which corner I'm on uh, uh, at your ground but yes I'll certainly join you
2: alright man All right, nice section Mikey take it easy man yeah, good stuff man okay. thanks very much wicked yeah, cheers thank man you. bye 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 bye, bye, bye. bye, bye. bye, bye. So, yes, Mr. Mikey Delap gave us everything we wanted to know about Blackburn. Well, probably not everything, but every, as much as we can get out of there. But listen, boys, we're playing Blackburn on Saturday. Interesting scenario, obviously. They were on a run, they lost on Saturday. We were on a run, we lost on Saturday. We're playing each other. How do you think it's gonna go? Oh, the old misery guts in me says
3: that we've had a really good run of home form and we're pretty gonna fuck it up, but I don't see why we should. So I go home win. Um, they're not they're not mugs, they're a very, very strong team and Brentford are a better football inside than them and we will win. I mean
2: They've got a wicked strike force. We've got Mr Jordan Rhodes. Never who we need to chat about. Never brilliant. And Mr Rudy is it Gistet. Gistet. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not Richard U Gittet. It's not Uri in the back of the net, but Rudy Udiget in the back <laughs> of, the <laughs> of the net. <laughs> <laughs> and, and between a gliss- a And between them they scored 18 goals already this season as well. We've got Marshall on five as well. So they've got they've got they're quite potent. So what are we saying there, Mr Banana?
4: I've got a problem with Blackburn and my problem with Blackburn is I, I, I have to go to India quite often and I, I landed in uh, Pune Airport and when I landed at Pune Airport you know you go through immigration and customs like any other airport right. but, when, but when you leave there's a big sign saying welcome to the home of Blackburn Rovers I know. and I thought wow that is, that is marketed at its best. So, um, I want to say what what happened last time we played them. We we, we it was, was, was that two nil that we played them last time in in, in e- Ewood Park. So, two I, I'm two one. I'm going. I'm going for. I'm going for forty seven nil as my prediction. Is that Fulhamisation? Forty. That? No, that no no, 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 no at, at Blackburn. That was not Fulhamisation. In India, I meant. That is Fulhamisation. <laughs> oh no, sorry, sorry. of <laughs> Ful fullib- 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 I've got to, you know, Caribbean has got to have credit for uh, correcting my grammar on that. But yeah, I mean, that that is everything that is wrong with English Premier League football these days, is that the home of Blackburn Rovers is, is Pune, India.
2: I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but I'm just thinking that, you know, you've got to Pune... And you've got a whole set of fans that haven't supported Man United or Arsenal or Liverpool. They supported this completely and utterly unglamorous side who ooh, they've just dropped to the Championship
4: out of the Prem. We've got 10,000 people in Pune, India. I doubt one of them has heard of Blackburn, knows where Blackburn is, or realizes that they lost 2-1 in the Cup against Brentford in 1987 in the sixth rounds, fifth rounds. <laughs>
3: vu avec ce soir interesting
2: <laughs> listen <laughs> blackburn interestingly actually and maybe down to Christmas but um, they're bringing 1300 fans ish this time which is actually <laughs> that's the only time how many
6: chickens are
4: they bringing
2: that's the only time we've actually not sold the away allocation for this season now this is not a disrespect because this is a week before Christmas and we know how difficult it is when you're travelling away at Christmas
3: not 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 being funny Bill not not being funny but last Christmas I gave you my heart and the very next
2: day you gave it away (laughs) so I don't know what you're trying to say mate Absolutely no relevance to Blackburn Rovers at all, but I hear what you're saying, Damon. We can talk about that later. Well, I'm going to have to ask you about my man. And the thing is, I say my man because I say it with a tug in my heart because I still think he's absolutely wicked. And even if he scores a hat-trick against us, I'll be disappointed, but I think he's wicked. Jordan Rhodes, OK? He came to Brentford. He should have signed for Brentford. We we tried to sign him. We couldn't sign him because Ipswich wouldn't, you know, let him come to us because we thought he was too good for Brentford, he went back to Ipswich, and then Roy Keane, he went, he's rubbish, and he's sold in the Huddersfield. I mean, what's that all about? I mean, Jordan Rhodes, though, what a player. He was brilliant, and we, yeah, we, we, we,
6: we should be worried, uh, because we know what he's capable of, we've seen it, uh, players like to score against their old clubs, and he was here long enough to consider us one of his old
4: clubs. Any player that can dance naked in the fountains of Las Vegas is welcome at my club. That is not (laughs) finification. He's alright. He's alright.
2: So we've got Jordan Rose, we've got the Gestette. Listen, they're scoring the goals, but boys, you all seem still confident, even though we lost after the Huddersfield that we get a result, yeah? Oh Christ, yeah. I mean seriously, I mean, you
3: know, five on the spin. You know, let, let, let's let's get a let's get a rain check here. Let's get a weather bomb check. You know, this is this is five on the spin, up to second. Seriously, mate, you
2: know, let's, let's, let's really get
4: perspective. Full House, Griffin Park, they've got no chance.
2: So listen, just going to go around the table there, boys, and I'm going to try and get a result out of you for this Saturday. Mr Lane?
3: Um, Brentford's two, Blackburn Rovers
2: one. Brentford's
4: 497,973, Blackburn negative four. You're not taking this seriously,
6: are you? <laughs> uh, I think it'd be a bit high score. game. I want to go for a 3-all draw or 3-2 victory. Um, we've got a draw for Aegis. No, I want to be positive. I want to show we're going to
2: win 3-2. I'm going to go Brentford 3, Brentford uh Sorry, Brentford 3.
4: Brentford 3.
2: Brentford 3, yeah. Uh, Brentford 3, Blackburn 2. And I think that's going to be the
4: score.
2: I think we I think I think they've got strikers and I think they'll do the business, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm just scared of their strikers, but I think we'll score more against them because I think
3: it'll be a free flowing. It'll be a free flowing
2: that's right. So listen everybody, we've had a lot of fun today but we need to bring it to an end. This is the Besotted podcast. We're here with the Besotted boys, myself, Billy the B, Jay with also line. here with the Griffin Bike Grapevine tonight. That's right, with the Griffin Bike Grapevine we've got the banana, Mr Trevor Inns.
4: I didn't realise you guys would be sorted. Otherwise, I would never agree to this.
2: We're here with Mr. Bias. We got himself, Mr. Richard, the merits. Oh yeah, he doesn't realise that it's actually finished. But listen, we've had good fun tonight. We need to do more of these in the pub. You probably don't understand anything that we've said. Check out besotted.co.uk, check out Grivenpark.org, check out bias.org.uk, I think it is. Check out Besotted on YouTube. Check it all out. Yeah, check it so follow us all on Twitter and it's been fun. We need to get out of here now. Peace out what they say on the television. <laughs> I think we've had too many beers. We're out of here. Nice one. Thank you very much, people. We love it all. Come on, you bees.